So good. Well, it is the first week in the month of May. I, I think I mentioned that already, but if, if you didn't know that, it is the first week in May. And so we've rolled into a new month. And one thing I love about new months is it gives us this invitation here at Walk Church to do something that really the Lord instituted on the night before he went to the cross, and that's called the Lord's Supper. It's something that also can be referred to as Holy Communion, and it's an ordinance that Jesus set forth, and maybe you've seen this picture before where Jesus and the disciples are in the upper room, and they kind of have this like interesting like lean on each other, and it's like this stoic moment. I don't know if that's exactly how it looked. I sometimes picture Jesus having more fun than that, uh, but this was a deep moment as he was preparing to go to the cross, and he institutes this powerful moment of communion where he takes the bread, and he, and he takes the cup, and he, de- and he declares as a picture what he would soon do through the cross. And he tells us as often as we do that, let us remember, remember him. And so what I like to do oftentimes is just take a sermon and the rest of the time we have to just devote to the topic of the Lord's Supper communion. We don't want to get it wrong. We want to get it right. We want to make sure we know what we're doing biblically. And Jesus gives us some instruction on how to do that. Now, I, w- I want to submit to you up front that oftentimes while we take communion, we go to one of four passages. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have what's called the Last Supper Discourse. Each one of them has a moment that takes you into that upper room. But I, at least for me, I've rarely went to other passages outside of those to give us some help when it comes to partaking in communion. And today what I'd like for us to do is visit a passage I've never preached on, actually, but has really been speaking to me lately that I think we can learn and eat from today. So if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. If you need a Bible, put your hand in the air like you just do care, and we're going to walk you a Bible down. If you got a phone, log on to John 6. If you got some eyelids, open them up and check out the screen because we're going to read a whole lot of scripture today. Can we do it? This side was kind of weak. Can we do it? All right, good. We're going to read a whole lot of passages today. We are a word-driven church. In other words, if you opened up the hood of Walk Church, you would find the Bible empowering us. It's the Word of God that is our living bread. It's the Word of God that is the thing that, it's the gas in our tank. And so I want us to go ahead and read from the book today. And come on, we should, shouldn't we? Hopefully you came to church expecting to hear from God. And God speaks to us through His Word. And so we're going to go ahead and read a lot of passages. And what I'd like for you to do is, I'd like for you to use your imagination. Put yourself right there smack dab in John chapter 6 as we eat from God's word here today. Jesus had just fed the 5,000 plus the day previously, and he crosses onto the other side of the sea, and that's where we pick it up here today. If you're ready, say ready. Ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. eat. Are you on John 6 verse 22? If you need us to hold up, say hold up. All right. right. Here we go. Verse 22. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to 
Capernaum seeking Jesus. Verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Just quick interjection right there. Jesus kind of rebukes the people, right? Jesus, sometimes, sometimes Jesus is sneaky with it, amen, right? Like Jesus feeds the 5,000 plus, everybody's super full, everybody ends up going to sleep. Jesus, before everybody wakes up, goes to the other side of the sea, and everybody wakes up and says, I think we should do that again. Let's go find Jesus and let's see him pull that trick out again because he fed all of us and we even had 12 baskets of leftovers. We love this Jesus, right? So they pull up on Jesus. They find him on the other side of the sea. And they say, when'd you get here? And he goes, I got it like that. <laughs> Don't worry about that, right? And he goes, I'd also know why you're here. Come on, Jesus knows our ambitions, doesn't he? Jesus knows our motives before we even say anything. He goes, I know why you're here. You're looking for that food again, but I have a word for you here today. Look at verse 28. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Does that make anybody scratch their head? Like what? The day before, Jesus is there on the other side. 5,000 people plus, not counting women and children. There was upwards of 10,000 people. That's a whole arena. Are following Jesus on foot. And Jesus says, I'm about to do a miracle. Who's got something? They bring forth a little boy. He's got a Lunchable. He's got five little crackers. And two pieces of fish in there. It, it, it was one of the Israeli Lunchables. So come on, right? <laughs> You're like, where do you get that Lunchable? <laughs> and first off, there's a principle in that. God can do a lot with a little, can't he? If you just bring what you have and say, Lord, I don't got a lot, but this is what I do have. For the boy, it was all he had. If you can show up and say, Lord, I don't have a lot, but I'll give you all I got. God can say, I'll, I, I'll do a ton with that. I'll multiply and maximize and move in great ways. I wonder if the little boy was like, dang, that, mom sent me with that, <laughs> you know? And Jesus goes, if you give it to me, I'll bless it. I'll make it even better. In other words, don't feel like you got to hold on to your stuff. Your stuff will hold on to you. And you'll be like, this ain't it. Go ahead and open up your hands and say, Jesus, all I got is this, but you can do better with it than I can do with it. So I trust you with it. That's what happens here. And Jesus feeds thousands of people. And the disciples collected 12 baskets of leftovers. You think that was by accident? There was 12. Man, God is good. And so what happens next is, is we get here the next day and people have the nerve, the audacity to say, what sign do you, do you got, Jesus, that we should believe? What sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform and how soon people forget? Amen. But I don't want to give them too much of a hard time because don't we do it too? You know, I was telling a church planter just, just this past week. He was like, man, we just did so many baptisms. God is moving. His faithfulness is all over the place. And I just said, here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to take this feeling. I want you to take this memory and hold on to it because when you get into a storm and you start doubting if you should be doing this and you start going through the struggle and people start hating on you, then you got to remember how you felt right now. We're like that too sometimes. We're like, God, what happened? And he's like, yo, just yesterday you were so excited. You were praising and now it's Monday and you're like, God, what sign do you have? (laughs) We can be so quickly to do the same thing. God's like, I woke you up. Come on, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate ate the manna, so they start referring to uh, the Exodus and the wilderness. As is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Good response. 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, come on, read this with me. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. What a promise from the word. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Come on, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Verse 40, y'all still with me? Verse 40, for this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? Now, quick interjection, one more time. Isn't it interesting that Jesus right there in that moment, you know, he's, he's given this powerful sermon and there's always got to be some haters, you know? Here's how you know that, that, that you got some haters. It's, it's those people that will say, man, we know you. We know, we know what your past was like. Some of you are like, man, you was with us in the club back in the day, right? How are you going to talk to us about Jesus now? They did it to Jesus. They're going to do it to you. Here's what you got to do. Learn from Jesus. Press on through. Just keep on moving through it. Just keep on pressing through. Keep on loving anyway. Keep on shining anyway. It's what just happened here. They said, wait, how are we going to listen? What do you know about heaven, Jesus? What? Okay. How does he now say, I've come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. What a verse. Come on, verse 48. Let's let's go ahead and read verse 48 together. Come on, I am the bread of life. That's a good synopsis today. What'd you get at church? John 6, verse 48, I'm the bread of life. What'd you learn about today? I learned that Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus declares in one verse, what a thick verse. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. 
This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. I want to preach a message to you today that I'm titling straight out of the scripture, the bread of life, the bread of life, the bread of life. I know it's good for somebody over here, the bread of life. Before I jump further into the text, I just want to encourage anybody that's standing in the back to come grab a seat. I don't want you to be distracted. I don't want you to be talking. We're reading the word. Come get it. Amen. So if you're standing and you're talking, I can't really see. I see a bunch of shadows, but I don't want you to miss the bread of life. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us now as we open up your word. And God, we, we ask you to feed us. Lord, we need that bread, the bread that comes down from heaven, the bread of life. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a couple of things that we learn about Jesus in this moment as he kicks off this message and really declares in such a powerful, impactful way, I am the bread of life. You know, in the scriptures, you'll find Jesus occasionally pull the disciples aside. And what he'll say is he'll say, hey, who do the people say that I am? Every once in a while, Jesus will say, hey, what, what, what's the noise out there about me? And, and the disciples will say, some people think you're John the Baptist. And other people think that you're Elijah here on earth. Other people think that you're just a prophet. And Jesus will ask, who do people say that I am? What's neat about John 6 is this is where Jesus says who he is. It's one of those moments where Jesus is not asking who do people say that I am. He's telling them who he is. And he says here, I am the bread of life. Why is it significant that Jesus says I am in this text? Well, because in the Old Testament, there's this moment in Exodus chapter 3 where God speaks directly to this man of God named Moses and reveals his name to him in a powerful encounter at the burning bush. It's Exodus chapter three, verse 13 and 14. I want you to look at this with me on the text. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Verse 14, God said to Moses, come on, say it with me. I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am, all caps, has sent me to you. The structure of Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, the structure is, God, what is your name? And God says, my name is I am who I am, which is a startling and profound statement. He does not say I was. He does not say I will be. He says, I am who I am. In other words, he says, I'm everything you need me to be. Everything that you need, I am. Go ahead and tell them that I am the one who is doing the I am. Um, I, who sent you, Moses? I am. Who's going to do it? I am. Who's got the power? I am. Right? And so now that's how the Israelites had come to know God in a very powerful, big, grandiose way. He's the I am. Nobody would dare try to even scratch at declaring their I am. But now in John 6, Jesus comes along and he says, I'm going to go ahead and reveal some things about myself. In this moment, after he feeds the 5,000 plus, Jesus says, 
the same wording as Exodus 3. And the same structure, if you actually broke it up into the original language, into the original Greek and Hebrew, Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 35 and verse 48, I am who I am, the bread of life. He takes the actual word structure, applies it to himself and says, that's me. And he says, I am the bread of life. Today, when you approach the communion packet and you grab that little wafer out, oh, don't do it lightly. But when you grab it out, remember who he is. And I think sometimes I'll just remember the cross, which it's nothing less than the cross. But that bread cracker represents the whole life of Jesus. Not just the body of Jesus, but the life of Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let me give you three things that we learn about the bread of life here in John chapter six. Number one, the bread of life satisfies our hunger. The bread of life satisfies our hunger. Here's what I know about everybody in this room today. Every, everyone in this room is hungry. And I'm not talking about physical food. Listen, here's what I know. You could have the most fine dining steak dinner or for all my vegan friends, cauliflower thing. <laughs> Shout out to you. Them things be kind of good sometimes too. I got deceived once and I ate one. I was like, hey, this is all right, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever it is for you, could eat the most lavish, beautiful, fine dining and sit there depressed with your soul starving, right. with your spirit deeply hungry, yes. with your soul in disrest, needing help, needing nutrition, needing food. You could, you could be full to the fullest and still not be satisfied. Come on. I've been there before. Anybody else ever been there before? The bread of life satisfies our hunger, but not like in Exodus where God brought the manna down. See, there was a need in the Exodus where the people had escaped through Egypt through God's powerful hand. And now they're on the journey and they need food and they need to meet their physical hunger. God sends manna from heaven. They had manna breakfast, manna lunch, manna dinner. They had PB&J manna sandwiches, right? They had all types of manna on top of manna until they were like, no more manna. God met their physical need, but then they still died. And they were still in the wilderness for 40 years. They were eating manna, but they were still hungry. That's like a lot of us today. That's where a lot of people were in that moment. Jesus said, I can meet your physical need. You're just going to come back for more tomorrow. The truth about the bread of life is he satisfies our hunger for life. He satisfies the hunger that's deep, deep within. Look at John 6, verse 35 with me. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, oh, what, what a decision today. Come to Jesus. Come to him. Come to him dirty. Nobody cleans themselves and then goes into the shower. Just jump on in. Dirty and all, broken and all. Come to me heavy. Come to me broken. Come to me jacked up. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He is not talking about physical need. He's talking about mental, emotional, spiritual. I remember reading this quote along my journey of a, as, as a disciple of the Lord. I remember reading this from Augustine of Hippo in his 
book, The Confessions of St. Augustine, great work. He says, our hearts are restless until they can find rest in you. What's Augustine known for? Augustine, right? This, this theologian, great writer about the works of God. But Augustine would also say, I was doubting. I was lustful. I was prideful. I was struggling. And he says, I realized my heart was restless until my heart found rest in you. Today, I will tell you, you will be on this journey of life looking for satisfaction in all the wrong places until you come to him. The invitation is there to the bread of life that satisfies our hunger. Look at this verse with me in in the book of Proverbs. This verse has always kind of intrigued me whenever I come across it every month. Solomon says it like this in in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20. He says, Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied. And never satisfied are the eyes of man. Anybody know this feeling? Come on, any shoe collectors out there? Oh, man, I feel like every weekend. One time Nina hit me with, you ain't satisfied? Never, right? (laughs) And then you got to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I know you didn't pick me. (laughs) But maybe, maybe I'll try again, right? It's like, never satisfied are the eyes of man. Sheol and Abaddon. I've I've once heard Sheol and Abaddon referred to as neighborhoods in hell. Sheol and Abaddon, places in eternity that are dark, distant from God, never satisfied, craving more souls, more lives that are lost and drifting from God, never satisfied. He says, and never satisfied are the eyes of man. We always are craving and wanting more, more likes, more follows, more fame, more us, more self, more, more notoriety, we're never, we're never satisfied. And that's why I like the quote from Augustine. He says, our hearts will always be restless until they find its rest in you. Jesus says, I've come to satisfy your hunger, your hunger for more, your hunger for neediness, your hunger for craving. Can I just tell you today, the plaques on your wall can't satisfy that hunger. Can I tell you the spouse that you said I do to can't satisfy that hunger. I tell you, your kids can't satisfy that hunger. Can I tell you getting out of your marriage and getting single again won't satisfy that hunger. Can I tell you that scoring the most points on the team can't satisfy that hunger. Getting a ring, getting a degree, getting a you fill in the blank will still leave you hungering for more. One of the most wild interviews, and this isn't a shade to the person, I'm just saying it's an observation. I don't know if you've ever saw the 60 Minutes interview with Tom Brady after he won his third NFL championship. Brady, who many would say is the GOAT when it comes to quarterbacks in football, sits down after he wins the Super Bowl and gets the MVP of the game. And the guy interviewing on 60 Minutes says, all right, Tom, you're here. Just won another Super Bowl. Just got another MVP. How do you feel? And Tom Brady looks at him and says, you know, there's got to be more than this. And the, the interviewer looks at him puzzled and says, what do you mean? What do you think it is? And he goes, you know, I, I'm not... I'm trying to figure it out. 
And what I learned that day as a fellow athlete that's in nowhere the same universe as Tom Brady, but as a fellow athlete, never satisfied is the eyes of man. We will search and claw our way up to get somewhere and find out there was a hole at the end of it. Until you realize this ain't the bread of life. The bread of life comes down from an eternal place called heaven, has a name, Jesus, and he declares, I am the I am the bread of life. And until you find him, you will never be satisfied. And when you find him, you will be satisfied. And you'll realize, yo, come on, somebody wanted to clap for that. I'm a satisfied disciple. I don't have it all together. I'm not the man that I want to be, but I'm not the man I used to be. I'm satisfied and I'm on a journey and I'm not trying to earn it. I have it and I'm trying to walk it out and I'm trying to eat this bread every single day. Come on, let me give you point number two. Not only does the bread of life satisfy our hunger, but the bread of life sustains our daily need. Amen? The the bread of life that comes down from heaven has a name, Jesus. He sustains our daily need. I don't know if you are aware, but you have a daily need. It's one thing to be satisfied. I know a lot of people that say, man, I believed in Jesus. It was like 2008. I put my faith in Jesus. I was on fire for Jesus. I was going hard. Then I just kind of began to drift. And now like, yeah, you know. And I always say, no, I don't know. You know, what, what do you mean? You know, I just, I don't know. Jesus, the bread of life, doesn't just satisfy our hunger, but he sustains our daily need. Look at this prayer. Maybe you've seen this prayer before. There's this moment where the disciples say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. We don't know how to pray, but we know prayer is important. Teach us how to pray. And what Jesus does in Matthew 6 is is he drops a template for how to pray effectively. Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Look at Matthew 6, verse 9. Pray then like this. Come on, say it with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, say it with me, our daily bread. One thing that I haven't given enough attention to is this word right here. Lord, give us, Lord, I need it again. I woke up and I need more bread. And I'm not talking about sourdough. I'm not talking about grain wheat. I'm not talking about, you know, the the one that has no high fructose corn syrup. I don't know whatever your type of bread is. Yeah. I mean, recently someone blessed Nina and I with some homemade baked bread. It was so good. It was so fresh. But listen, it didn't last. It lasted for the moment. It was great. But at some point there was an end to it. I need more. Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Lord, give us our daily bread. Every day, Lord, I need some more confidence today. Lord, today I need patience. Lord, today I need your forgiveness. Just come on, just remind me I'm forgiven. Lord, today I need more grace. Lord, today I need a boost of encouragement. Lord, today I need supernatural strength to have a tough conversation. Lord, I need daily bread. And I want to encourage you, the bread of life can daily meet your need. I I read this quote from Charles Spurgeon. I want to give it to you today. 
Spurgeon says it like this. He says, I have a great need for Christ. I have a great Christ for my need. Come on, right? I have a big need here today. I, I, I'm, I'm void. I'm hungry. I'm restless. I have a great Christ for that need. Who says daily, I invite you. Daily, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. What do you think he's talking about there? I, I don't think he's just talking about, Lord, make sure I got some food on my table. Now, maybe that's one application of the daily bread. Praise God, he feeds us. I don't want to uh, minimize God's provision of food. Praise him for that, especially Chick-fil-A. All right? But that's not what he's talking about there. He's talking about, Lord, daily I need your help. Lord, sustain me on this walk. It gets hard out there. Can I get an amen? amen? The Christian life, Jesus says it like this. He says, there's this road that's wide. A lot of people are on it. And here's what he says. And it's easy. The road that's narrow feels hard. And few find it, he says. But I've realized this. I would rather have a narrow, rocky, bumpy road to heaven than a wide, comfortable, easy road to hell. I would rather say, Lord, if nobody else is on this road, I'm going to walk this road. Just make sure you give me my daily bread. I'm coming back for more bread. Lord, here I am today. Knock, 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 knock. It's hiding. I need some more bread. Help me, Lord. And I, I believe the Holy Spirit said, what type of bread you need today? I got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. What you need? I need all of it. <laughs> I need all that and some more. I need all of that. I need the bread of life. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm thirsty. Sometimes you could get anchored to your past. and You can be like, man, I just, you know, past memories are always hyped up. Say, Lord, I, want, I, wish, I, had, I wish I was back there. And, and what you need is you, need just new, you just need new bread. Yeah. Come on, we're not trying to live off yesterday's blessings. On, we're not trying to live off the old. Isn't that in principle, right? In the Exodus, God would give them manna. They'd try to store some up. The next day, there were worms in it. God said, I'm not, we're not living off the past. On, we're living off the bread. Yes. Give us this day our daily bread. Satisfy me. Sustain me. Let me give you a definition for the word sustain. I'll put it up here on the screen. Sustain, strengthen or support physically or mentally. Give me both. Lord, I need you to strengthen me. I need you to, to support me physically and mentally. Lord, sustain me. Don't leave me. Give me that bread. That's why we pray that prayer, amen? And that's why Jesus says, well, I'm the bread of life, past, present, and future. You need that bread. Let me give you the third and final point that Jesus does when he says, I'm the bread of life. There, there could be many more than this. For the sake of time, I'll give you one more. It's this, the bread of life secures our eternity. So the bread of life satisfies our very real hunger. Never satisfied are the eyes of man until you see Jesus and he's enough. The bread of life sustains our daily need to just get through the day. The bread of life secures us for eternity. Let me show you a couple verses in the scripture. 
We see this in John chapter 6, verse 51. He says it like this. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. Listen, the reason why Jesus is qualified to talk about eternity is because that's where he came. You can't give what you don't have. You can't speak on somewhere you've never been. Jesus goes, I can talk to you about the living bread because I made the living bread. I come from eternity. I came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live. Come on, somebody give me a long drawn out forever. Feel it, see it, own it. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So today as you approach the communion cup, remember the flesh. Remember the body broken on the cross, broken for your sins and my sins. The bread of life came to satisfy your hunger today and came to secure your eternity for tomorrow. Praise God that he does it all, amen? He's the living bread. One thing I learned about Jesus as I was studying this passage is it's significant to even remember where Jesus came from. Does anybody know where Jesus was born? Come on, what city? Bethlehem. Come on, Christmas, right? I hear like a little kid voice say, Bethlehem, right? Jesus is born in Bethlehem. You see this prophesied about Jesus 500 years before he actually enters the earth through the Virgin Mary, right? 500 years before you find the prophet Micah. In Micah chapter five, he says it like this. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrata, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Here's this prophetic word. One day there's gonna be a king, a ruler, a savior, a Messiah, who's gonna come from you little town of Bethlehem. Does anybody know what the name Bethlehem means? The place where you get bread. Bethlehem, by definition, is known, this is where the bread's at. Jesus is not born there by accident. Jesus doesn't just go, uh, here. No, Jesus goes, I'm the bread of life. Put me in the bread town. I'm coming with a message right from the jump. I'm coming to be better than the manna. I'm coming to be the one that satisfies your soul. I'm coming the, to, to sustain your daily need. I'm coming to secure your place in eternity. That's what you got to know. That's what you got to remember when you approach the communion cup today. Oh, if you just walk up in that thing and you just pop it open, and you go, pop, you missed it. There was a treasure in there. The gospel was in there. The bread of life is in there. Jesus says, this metaphorically represents the bread of life, my flesh. John 6 verse 40 says it like this. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Oh, when you look at that communion packet, look at the sun and recognize eternity is in the air. And he will remember me on that last day. It's a promise from God. It's daily bread. As we close, come on, worship team, help me close. I'm going to move this here because I get passionate about the bread and we still need to partake. 
Matthew 26. I don't want us to not read the Last Supper discourse. We pulled out a Matthew here today. Let's look at it. Matthew 26. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples. And here's what he said. He said, take and eat. This is my body. He took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Verse 29, read verse 29 with me. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with who? With you in my father's kingdom. There'll be a day where we no longer have to take communion. We'll be at the table with the Savior in the kingdom, eating and drinking with him. This right here is the appetizer. This right here is the thing that sets the course for the main course. So we look at this and we think, Lord, give me this day, my daily bread, my daily grace, my daily forgiveness, my daily mercy. His mercies are new. Come on, every day, every morning, new bread. What a big God. What a Savior. Don't reject him, accept him. Whatever your next step is today, I want to invite you to pray. Lord, thank you for the bread. The bread that comes down from heaven. The bread that satisfies our deep hunger. The bread that sustains our thirsty souls. The bread that secures our eternity. God, help us to be like the little boy with the Lunchable. Help us to come with open hands we bring. Simply to Christ we cling. Father, I pray right now, if anybody in the room needs to respond in faith, I want to invite you and challenge you now to pray this prayer with me. Just say, Lord, I come to you desperate. I come to you needy. I'm a sinner. I need you to save me. You're big enough. You're good enough. You're God. I turn away from my sins. Help me. And today I'll follow you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the bread of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.